Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cedar Tree Counseling Podcast, where we support families in the midst of pain and brokenness, struggles, and conflict to help them grow and how they relate to others and themselves and develop new skills that will help to nurture meaningful connections for a lifetime. I'm your host, Matthew Hanlon, and today I'm talking with David Toby. David is a licensed professional counselor here at Cedar Tree Counseling. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me, Matthew. It's great to be here. We're going to talk about your topic in just a few minutes, but before we do that, could you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, you stole the you know the first part where I normally introduce you. I'm a therapist. I've been working here. At, uh, I've been working as a therapist for about five years. I've been here at Cedar Tree for for some time. Within that, um, and let's see. Outside of that, I. I really value stories. I think that's in part what brought me to counseling is is valuing stories, understanding other stories, and um, just within that, whether fiction, nonfiction, or otherwise, um, I just have a passion for that. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what else. Married, three kids, you know, keeping keeping old with three little children. And you're a gamer. I am. Uh, <laughs> That's I can quit whenever I want, though. Right? Yeah, that is it. That's an important part, but yeah, um, that's more um, yeah recreational. It was competitive at one point in my life. Utility of time. I value every opportunity that I had within it. Uh, there are a lot of great memories. I'm also glad to be where I'm at today, too. So. Sure, sure. Well, thanks for joining us for this today. Yeah. Um, as we've seen in our practice, the pandemic has taken a really heavy toll on families. Yeah. And because of that, uh, you uh, volunteered graciously to yeah. come and talk to us today about just real basically like how therapy works, right? And, yeah. uh, and uh, just kind of giving a uh, an explanation for our listeners to, uh, as to like what they can expect, um, yeah. and, and how to use the space, the therapeutic space most mm -hmm. effectively. Uh, yeah. so in this episode, we're going to be discussing, uh, several different aspects of that. Um, one of those things is how do I know it might be helpful to see a therapist or when is it helpful to see a therapist? What can I expect? Uh, will happen if I go to see a therapist? What are some helpful things to ask a potential therapist before meeting with them? Um, and, and finally, we'll wrap it up with, what do you do if you don't feel you have an instant connection with your therapist? Um, yeah. So it's kind of broad, broad spectrum. Um, but hopefully, I think, you know, media hasn't always done a great job portraying the work that we do. Right. Um, and so I think this just gives us an opportunity to kind of lay some of the foundational um, ground rules or, or rules of engagement in, in helpful therapy. I'm, I'm looking forward to when the ethics boards make it green light, the goodwill hunting type experience for, for therapy, but we aren't there yet. Yeah, um, exactly. And, <laughs> and probably never will be for some good reasons and probably for ones that, you know, I wouldn't say are sad, but you know, there are some wonderful things about that movie, but like you say, media, uh, you know, are, uh, when people ask me what I do for a living on, you know, if I met somebody casually, oh, I'm a therapist. Oh, are you reading my mind right now? That's, the, that's the one that I, uh, 
Are you I've, psychoanalyzing since, me? <laughs> are you analyzing me right now? And um, the uh, I talked with another therapist actually, and we've come up with a witty response for it, which is more of well, you know, we only do that when we're getting paid for it. So you're going to pay me for that, or is it? You know, do I get to? Can I? Do I have permission to keep the off switch uh, still engaged right now? Right. So, um, but so let's absolutely. let's jump in to that first question. How do I know yeah. it might be helpful? for me to see a therapist and when, when is it helpful to see a therapist? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I would say is if you're asking yourself that question, that's probably your first sign that mm. it might be worth considering, not saying that you need to, or that that's a, a must, but it's certainly worth exploring whether talking with someone who you feel is safe, um, you know, just to have somebody transparent in a relationship with you, who can run through this with you, um, whether you're an adult, an adolescent, a child, if you're asking yourself, would it be helpful sitting down with another person you trust and be like, this is what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. That can be a helpful first step. Um, when I don't think there's any magic, um, period of when, um, professionally in my experience and, and personally, I, I sometimes thinks, I sometimes think that folks will, wait until they've exhausted all of their resources or all the things that they know how to do. And they come in when they're drowning. And I'm so glad if, if that's you, I'm so glad that you're here, that you're coming to see a therapist or you're going to see a therapist. Um, I will say if I had my personal preference, I wish that we wouldn't exhaust all those things before we get, before we start thinking about counseling might be helpful. Sure. We see that all the time with couples for sure. Yes. Right. Who yes. will come in and this is like the last ditch effort. Marriage is like hanging by a thread. Right. Therapy is like the last attempt. And yeah. we'll, we'll often say, Oh, it's really nice when we have a couple come in and they're not in that place. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the saying is, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, you know, sometimes what I talk to individual or couples clients about is, you know, we're not, we're healthcare, we're not medical healthcare, so to speak, but it's kind of like the equivalent. I think sometimes when we wait to that last minute, it's kind of like if you broke your leg the day before you had a marathon, on the one hand, you've, you're obligated, you feel obligated, you want to run this race and you feel like you should, so to speak. Right. But you can't. And, but you ran it anyway. Hmm. And now you go to see a surgeon and they look at your leg and they're like, what happened? And on the one hand, what may have started as a simple fracture. Now it's, it's going to be a lot more pain, a lot more recovery, a lot more time invested versus if we started when it comes onto the radar. And so that's why I say, if you're asking yourself, would it be helpful to see a therapist? I'd, I'd call that a yellow flag, so to speak of maybe. Sure. Um, sure. Just because sure. if you're asking the question, that means we're starting to get to the point of we've probably tried a bunch of things that haven't worked. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what's going to happen, right? I, I, I'm, right? I'm going into this space. I've, I've never really experienced. I've seen it on TV. I've seen it in the movies, right? So I'm going right. in and what, what's happening in those first yeah. few sessions as we're breaking ground? Absolutely. I mean, for one thing, it's not magic. We're not mind readers. Um, 
what we're here to do is to understand a little bit about, first off, what brings you in, right? There are the presenting issues. Um, as a therapist, I, I think that I kind of try to break down. There are a handful of things that I'm trying to understand when you come in. Um, I'm trying to understand how much hope you have that things are going to be different. Um, do you believe that things could be different from whatever the presenting issue might be? What are your strengths? What are your resources? What are the things that are going well for you? Um, because quite honestly, you have talents, you have skills, and whether or not you know it, I'm going to help you try and find those things and see if we can augment those towards helping you towards a solution. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking for typically mo most of, uh, um, I wouldn't say, I don't, I don't want to put everybody in a box with this, so I won't say most. Many times, I guess what I'd say is a lot of individuals and couples come in to counseling because they can't bear what I call the maintaining factors of their problem, so to speak. You know, and if we could just make that go away, like if we could full, if I could somehow bottle whatever it is that would make that stop happening, things would be fine. Yeah. Um, and the way that I frame it is pain, anxiety, those are helpful things in, in the short run. Yes, in the long run, they will wreck you, your life. But that's the thing that tells you I'm hurting. And so that's a helpful metric. And so what is it about that that's telling you I need help or I need to change this? I need this to stop. Mm -hmm. And what I want to investigate perhaps more with clients, uh, this is my personal, I'll name this as a personal view, but I think therapists try to balance between what are those maintaining factors? And we're certainly going to address those. We want it. We want you to experience a meaningful life with less pain. Yes. But what are the causative factors? And that's sometimes the thing that is unexplored. Why is there distance in the marriage right now? You know, why is it that I've felt anxious for my whole life and I can't put a finger to it? But now that I've got this new job, that's my dream job. But for whatever reason, it's just crippling me and it's crushing me. And I don't understand why. Mm. Um, what is it about the, the causative factors of how we got here that, so to speak, in the mental health forensics, you know, have not been picked up? Um, and part of what I want to help you do is understand how did we get here? What's maintaining me staying here? And how do we take care of those causative factors? How do we change and orient ourselves differently? Yeah. And, and cope with the maintaining pieces while we make, while we turn the corner on the causative. So what do you think about this question? Does therapy <laughs> change people? That's a great question. Um, that wasn't in the script, but that's a good one. No, you're um, right. <laughs> I think I think that therapy, therapy at, at its core is an environment. It's not about change. It's not about um, being a different person. It's about holding what you have differently. Mm -hmm. um, and can you take that mindset? outside of these four walls, you know, I'm in my counseling office right now for context for those who might not see, like, how do you take it out of these four walls and how do you apply that elsewhere into your life? Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the business of changing you. That is so above my pay grade. Um, what I'm really here to do is to create an environment where we can look at life just a little bit differently and you get to be the expert. I just bring the tools and I get paid to ask good questions. That's what I'm here to do. You're facilitating a process, which right. can lead to change. 
Correct. It's yeah. not a guarantee and it's not always necessary. Sure. Sure. It's not yeah. always necessary. So what, so you and I, I hope this isn't exposing too much, but you and I, we've both yeah. been in therapy, right? Like we've, yeah. we will say we've been on the couch, right? Um, yeah. And what do you look for? What, when, when you have looked for your own therapist, what are some of the things, what are you, what are you, what are you looking for? What are you assessing for as you kind of meet with a therapist for the first time? First and foremost, I'm looking for somebody who I can feel safe with. That's priority number one. And safety can look like, look different for some people. Some, could you could talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Some folks like what's called a non-directive approach in terms of it's a very soft, very, uh, uh, not comfortable. It's not always comfortable, but in the sense of there's no pushing involved. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a sense of it's this holding environment in which we kind of emerge with that different mindset. There are others who like call it more the hard edge, right? The, the truth, the truth tellers, the truth seekers, right? Tell me how it is. Um, and I think for each person, uh, the way that I name this to my own individual clients is I think every person's trying the holding the tension between truth and kindness, right? Like there's these tension between every person is seeking after truth to one degree or another, but often we are holding that intention with kindness. How much truth can you really handle? Right? Like for myself, I guess if like, when I look for a therapist myself, uh, I think I've talked with you about, talked with you, Matthew, about this before, like myself personally, I, I want somebody who's willing to sit with me. And uh, if you're familiar with the story of Dorian Gray, right? The portrait that will kill you if you look at, right? Like I, I want to find somebody who can kindly sit with me in the fullness of the truth and, you know, the beautiful and the terrible of my story, right? And finding somebody who is willing to go there with you, who isn't trying to, you know, who can pull punches where necessary, so to speak but who can hold you and hug you, so to speak on the emotional level. Um, I don't hug clients. So that's an aside, but everybody has those boundary pieces, sure. you know, but like just the sense of, you know, can you do that? And finding a person who can do that with you. I think if you can find that and everybody's different, okay, find the, there's no magic, so to speak in terms of, not every therapist is going to be the perfect therapist for every client. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have that instant sense of, I trust you, like it isn't to say that it can't happen. And sometimes it can actually be, anyway, that's a, that'll be addressed later. Okay. Uh, I know in the, in the later question, but just finding that person, um, who you feel safe with and who's going to push you in the way that you really want. Yeah. That's, that's how to know. So you've said a couple of times now, there's no magic. Yeah. Yeah. This process isn't magic. What do you mean? Why, why are you, why are you saying that? Well, yeah. Where does that I'm, come I'm very, from? I'm very intentional about saying that because I think sometimes when clients come in, you know, it's not literally that we're going to wave a wand and things will get better or that if I appear stoic enough that sub somehow that will break your walls and subsequently you'll be you'll be healed. Or if I, or I'm going to say the right words, that's going right, to make that, all the difference. Correct. Yeah. yeah. In other words, I, I guess why I try to, you know, you asked about change earlier. I, the magic isn't me. Right. And the magic isn't the spe specific words that I'm going to say. 
it, it's not in that counseling at its core. Like, you know, I could, there's uh, my first day of graduate school to become a therapist. You know, what uh, my professor sat down and told us was, here's a meta-analysis of thousands of studies that we've put together about whether or not counseling works. Good news is counseling works. And here were the factors that we found. You know, so I talked about hope before. 15% of the result is, do you hope, do you believe that things could be different? The hope. Factor. Not that they are, but they could. Yeah. Right. You know, 15, per, I think the other, another 15% um, is the clinical style, the, and the efficacy that the therapist uses. So 15% is my theoretical background, my training, your technique. That's it. Yeah. My technique. That's it. That's a really small number. Yeah. Um, it's a very small number. And so you're like, okay, so what else makes up that? <laughs> you know? So then I think it was 30% or something along those lines yeah. is, the degree to which the counselor and the client can utilize the client's resources, your life, right? Your relationships, yeah. your margin of time. How do we use that to help you outside of this one hour that we have together? So, and the rest, yeah. yeah. Thir thir so it's 15% is that hope factor, right? Yeah. That, that kind of drives a person's change, right? Yeah. Like that they're coming in and they're meeting the goals. 15% is therapist technique, right? What, yeah. what, what, uh, what I'm, what I'm bringing into the space to help my clients. 30% is just about the rapport. Is that yeah. the rapport <laughs> between therapist and, and client? I think that's, that's the largest piece is the rapport. The relationship is I think 40%. Uh, I became a therapist so I could avoid math in part. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I know all this somehow adds up to a hundred percent, but yeah. so the um, last 40% is what happens outside the room. Is it? Okay. It I is. can never remember yeah. which way. All right. I'm, I'm relearning. So I need to go back to my case notes here before my uh, second tier of licensure. This but, is, this is one of my favorite books, the heart and soul, uh, of, change, heart and soul of change and yeah. uh, what works in therapy. It's great. And, and it talks about that meta-analysis that last 40% yeah. is is really crucial, right? Because it's, yeah. it's what am I going to take from this room and apply out there in my real life, right? Right. So it's the 40% outside and 30% then. My apologies. So, so I appreciate the, yeah. So the, <laughs> the 30%, which is the biggest chunk that I can contribute to is the relationship. Sure. Like, do you feel seen? Do you feel heard? Do you feel yeah. valued? And how does that impact that 40% that's outside yeah. of the room? Right. Um, and so, you know, if you're listening to this, I guess if you could take a couple things away from that is counseling works. It is effective. Yeah. Um, I haven't cited those details, but I could, I could give you, I could rattle off some of those things, hopefully accurately. Um, sure. but counseling works. How much of that is in part dependent on, are you willing to engage in the process and what, and, and to what degree can you and your therapist mesh together? put your heads together to make it work outside of the counseling space too. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens if I find myself not making an instant connection with my new therapist? How, how, which, what, what are my expectations in there? How long should I wait? Yeah. I, I'd say don't panic. I mean, I guess 
where we're at now, I would say that mental health is uh, coming into vogue. It's been there, but in the more of the sense of there's a shortage of us. And I think there can be some panic. Uh, I know I've experienced that as a, as a therapist, as a client myself, like of what if I start meeting with this person and it doesn't mesh? Like, am I back to the drawing board and I'm six weeks on a waiting list to find out once again that I don't like my second therapist, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, keep calm. Don't panic because there are a couple of things you could probably do beforehand. You know, how long? That's a great question. I, I think that depends, you know, if it's an unbreachable thing, like, is there something that's creating harm within the situation? You know, okay, that that's a real first question. You know, is there something that's directly harmed you in the situation? And have you talked to your therapist about that? Have you talked to the therapist about that? Have they validated that? Have they attempted to address that and change? Yeah. Um, I'd say one point of growth, even if you don't mesh with your therapist, a point of growth that I think all of us could be better at is finding ways to constructively confront and talk with others when we feel we've been hurt or misunderstood. Yeah. Um, and so that can be, that can be therapeutic in and of itself. Um, I know that's happened for me both as a client and as a therapist. And I think that those are some of the most powerful moments you can have with a therapist is here's a person who's supposed to be safe. And if they're not that, okay, that's a separate question, but sure. But if they are, could I get a real chance to repair and experience a sense that somebody really understood what that felt like? Um, and they were willing to sit with me and do it differently and respect me as a person because I asked. Um, yeah. So having a, an emotionally corrective experience with your therapist can be right. really powerful. Yeah. yeah. It can be extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, starting off the cuff, like if in, I, I would say if in three to four sessions, you don't genuinely feel like you have a connection to this person's really going to understand you by that point, it might be helpful to certainly at that point, at minimum to have a conversation with them or begin to start exploring other options. If you've tried to speak with them about it, try and correct, like, these are some things that I'm looking for and this is what I'm receiving. Could you help me in this way? And if that isn't changing, that may not mean that they're a bad therapist. It might just mean that they're not the therapist for you. Right. Yeah. That's, a, I think that's, that's a good word because we were just saying the rapport is so important in terms of kind of long-term impact, right? Right. So if that's just missing from the space, it's not necessarily right. that the therapist's technique and everything they're bringing to the space is bad. It's just right. not a fit. Right. right. And that's okay. Right. And yeah. it's totally fair for you. I mean, you're talking about a 30% reduction in, um, you know, so to speak, the efficacy of therapy. If, if yeah. that rapport is not there, uh, you know, I wish gas prices would go down 30%, but, you know, <laughs> ho hopeful thinking on my part won't change that. But there might be an, a change to be able to pursue other options or other therapists. Um and yeah. my pro tip at that point is if you aren't getting that connection and you can't, you have a bridge still with that therapist who you are seeing or not seeing, reaching out to them and saying, are there referrals? You know, are there people that you have in mind who might be really helpful for me? Maybe they have somebody in mind because they understand that that relationship hasn't worked for sure. you. And they might know somebody professionally. They might be like, that might be a slightly better fit for you. Right. I, so I think it, it it's happened to 
all of us as therapists all of us, yeah. that we, <laughs> yeah. we have somebody come in and they're like, Oh, I tried therapy years ago, but whatever the therapist, it, what they're saying is it wasn't a good fit. And then they just like, hang it up. They just give up. Yep. Right. Right. Um, it's like, no, you can't expect, right. Like right. you got, you got to try. Cause we bring ourselves into the room. Right. And just right. like there are people that are your friends because they are your friend because they fit in a certain way in your life. Right. Your therapist right. is going to fit in a certain way. You're going to, I can do my work with this person. Right. And if you can't, don't give up, just keep looking, right? Get referrals. Right. Get referrals. Um, get a sense for this is what I'm looking for. And that's okay. Um, you know, I think one piece that, um, we didn't touch on briefly, but like when you're, when you're initially pursuing, you know, whether you're calling around and trying to find a therapist, some questions you can ask is this is what I'm looking for. Like, what would that look like between the two of us? Like, how would you go about doing that? Hmm. Right. You can name what your expectation is. Right. That's helpful for a therapist. I mean, sometimes I know for myself, um, it's relieving to take the guesswork out of what the, what the client is looking for. And is that something that I can provide? And I can give that a yes or no answer. And if I can't, perhaps I know someone who can. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and it'll save you time and the frustration and, and just that heartache. And, and that's, that's what we're here for. Exactly. Thanks, David. Hey, yeah. so, uh, the last thing you can answer for me sure. today is, uh, how, how can people get in touch with you or find out more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, uh, you can certainly go to our website, uh, cedartreecounseling.com, I think. You can find me on That's our right. same track. <laughs> that moment where you, you pull a mind blank on really simple information. There it is. Um, cedartreecounseling.com. You can find me in the St. Charles Therapist section there. Uh, there's a couple of brief videos, a couple more snippets if you'd like to hear more uh, different topics, different things uh, that I like to focus on. Um, I right now um, would say I'm, I'm more working uh, with individuals on kind of the ADHD side of it, adult ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, and so if that's you, um, that's something that then uh, perhaps more uniquely pursuing at this point in time. Um, you can reach me at my email at dtobey at cedartreecounseling.com, or you can reach me at the office extension. Um, uh, the number is 630-797-9872, extension 710. Awesome. Thanks. So also, uh, the link to David's information will be in the show notes at the, the end of this podcast as well. So David, thank you so much yeah. for joining me today and yeah. bringing your knowledge to this. Uh, again, I think just really important because there are so many misconceptions about therapy, yeah. just kind of bring in the basics about this is what to look for and this is how therapy can be helpful. So I appreciate it. Right you being with us today um for the audience out there just an important reminder that the topics discussed in this podcast should be considered as a matter of personal opinion they do not reflect professional advice if you and or your child is in need of mental health counseling support please search out a licensed counselor in your area all right, folks, thank you for listening if you found the conversation useful subscribe to the podcast and please join me again next time for the Cedar Tree Counseling Podcast. Take care.